This week's podcast brought to you in part by Audible.com. Get your free audiobook download by visiting www.audibletrial.com slash WDS to choose from over 85,000 titles for your iPod or MP3 player. Please. Hi, this is Alicia Wynn. Hi, this is Molly Bryant. Hi, this is Christina from Survivor Redemption Island. Hey, this is Lindsay Lowen. Hi, this is Poppy from The Apprentice. Hi, this is John Bon Jovi. And I'm Richie Sambor. Hi, I'm Holly Thornton, creator of Make It or Break It. Hi, this is Joy Nordenstrom. Hi, this is Christina Chaw from Survivor One World. Hi, my name is Josie Loren. I play Kaylee Cruz. Hi, this is Brandy, the winner from this season's Apprentice. Hey, what's up? This is Kelly Clarkson. Hi, this is Julie Mann. Hallo, ich bin Nina Rausch und Sie hören sich gerade an. This is Alec Baldwin. Hey, this is Jennifer Love Hewitt. Hey, this is Jenny Blatt from Love in the Wild. Hey, this is Chelsea Hobbs, and you're listening to two of my favorite blogger podcast guys um, on What Do They Said. Did you hear? 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 What do they say? Oh, you get to hear what Duvet has to say. Hello again, everybody. Welcome to the official podcast of the What Duvet Said Cultural Entertainment Digest, found at whatduvaysaid.com. I am your host, Jason Duplissy, coming at you from Duvet Studios Southwest in the Hollywood Hills of Los Angeles, California. And joining me, as always, is the man who's doing it all for his dead girlfriend, your host... Um, I have no idea what that's in reference to. Good, thank you. I'm so glad you don't, because we can talk about that, because I didn't either. Anyway, wh- who are you? Who am I? That is a good question. I am Robert Bob Duvet. I am your sometimes host of this show. <laughs> of your own show. I, am, I sometimes appear on my own show from uh, the fabulous flatland that we like to call the Upper West Side of Manhattan. Are all the yes. lights back on after the horrible tragedy? Yeah, we've moved on from that tragedy. Several other tragedies have replaced it. Like the twelve, twelve, twelve concert? Yeah, right? Did you see that? Should we I've... start there? Can we start there? Can we talk? Let's do it. I fast-forwarded through a lot of it because I kept thinking what a great concert it would have been 30 years ago. <laughs> right? Why is it... That they uh, they they just trot out the same list of characters for all of these shows now. Are those the only people that are concerned uh, with you know raising money for victims? I believe so because I think anybody in the current uh, show business is interested in making money for themselves. Yeah, who can blame them? But we're, didn't everybody look super old? Yeah, well, that is a testament to how old we've become. Yeah, but, but do you remember? I mean, do you remember when the Stones played at Candlestick Park? How old they were then? Back in 1980. Oh, they were probably two. They had to be 80 then, right? Yeah, I know. They were ancient back then. Now they got to be. I, it, it made me think of those, um, like Lawrence Welk. Like you watched the Lawrence Welk show when I was a kid. or, or Thank you, know, you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, I get forced to see the Lawrence Welk show or I would see commercials in the afternoon on TV 36 for these swing bands. And I'd be like, God, look at these old people. Look at, God, look at uh, Frank Sinatra and Liza Minnelli and Sammy Davis. They're old people. Who cares about these old people? Even Elvis was old. And I can't imagine anybody under the age of 50 being excited about the 12-12-12 concert. Oh, yeah. I, I agree. We actually, I, I want to touch on Lawrence Welk for, for just a second. I've come across Lawrence Welk, like, you know, reruns, obviously. Yeah. And there is no better show to watch. If you're like me, somebody who no longer participates in, in doing psychedelics. Yeah. There is no better show to watch to get that exact feeling of doing psychedelics than watching the Lawrence Welk show. It's always like, I'm always kind of like, my jaws kind of dropped and I'm completely intrigued and have to, you know, question my whether or not I'm tripping or not. It's just such a strange, bizarre show. It's such I, a bizarre era of entertainment. Yeah. The thing that I, I've, I, I don't see Lawrence Welk on the television all that often, but I've seen... You're not looking hard enough! I apparently am not. It must be on one of the, uh, one of the local channels. Um, but the last time I stumbled across it, I, I had the exact same feeling. Maybe not the psychedelic thing, but I, I just was engrossed at the unbelievableness of it. 
it mm-hmm. it's kind of, the sets are always like you know when you watch Wizard of Oz now or Willy Wonka now and they open the door to to Wonka's factory or she steps into Oz and you're like oh look uh-huh. at that incredibly painted set that is not yeah. is not a magical world at all it's in a warehouse off the five <laughs> in Riverside you know and um, it's right there Children, in Culver stop City. Listening to this. <laughs> but like, I, I remember them singing a little song, like these two people singing this sweet little song next to a river uh, out by a gazebo with like a pink. This is in Lawrence Welk with a pink background and the. And I was like, look at that river! Like I can just, I could just see the stagehands like making that river earlier in the day. We'll get, well, we'll get this water to go by, and then here we'll costume and these oddly, people. Oddly enough, that could easily have inspired a number from. For the musical they were working on, you know, making that river. Yeah, going to paint that river. Right. Well, I don't know if it was paint that river, but I believe it was that was something. It was something about being by the river. Um, uh, Frank Portman, as you you yes. may know, Doctor Frank. Uh, I've uh-huh. got him as a friend on Facebook, and um, oh, nice. Yeah, he posted once um, a. A uh, clip from the Lawrence Welk show of two people singing "One Took Over the Line." <laughs> <laughs> one took over the line. Yeah, you know that song. One took over the line, my Jesus. One took over the line. That song. Do you know that song? That is no, I don't know that song. But that's funny. Uh, well, I recommend you finding the original version of "One Took Over the Line," which is a you know a kind of a late '60s hippie song about being stoned and missing your train. I think. Um, and then the people on the Lawrence Welk show grasping onto the sweet Jesus part of it, because it's one took over the line, sweet Jesus. And the original song is like, oh, sweet Jesus, I'm, I'm so fucking stoned. But, you know, <laughs> the Lawrence Welk version is one took over the line, sweet Jesus. Sweet Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> that I wanted to join in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure it's on the YouTube. I, I, in fact, I know it's on the YouTube. That's where uh, Dr. Frank posted it from. Well, I'll, I'll tell you my experience with the 12 12 12 concert is that what it was called that's what it was called right uh the concert for um, sandy yes 12 12 12 concert yes. for sandy so Victim. i happened to be working that night at the bar i got off i was you know the the early guy off so i got off and they had it on the big screen tv and and there was like you know a fair amount of people there was a lot of people there it was like maybe you know 30 people kind of gathered and everybody kind of watching it the, initially the sound was off you know, so there was other music playing, and we were just kind of watching the screen. And then I think the Who or somebody came on, and somebody was like, "Oh, turn it up!" You know, uh-huh. so turn you know turn up the volume of the Who. So then the volume dropped on. We ended up just everybody just ended up watching the the the, the benefit concert, and the Who's performance was just kind of like, you know, I like Townsend a lot. Yeah, I don't think that that's the Who. You know what I mean? I don't, I'm not confusing the two. Right. Yeah. Okay. Sure. And so their, their performance was okay, but then it started just with every subsequent act. It was just felt more and more like, God, like I don't understand why they couldn't book somebody of this generation. Well, they booked a, of, of like, the moment. Well, they booked a. Uh, I, I I'm not up on my current generation, but there was some rap artist who performed. Isn't he of the generation? Oh, Kanye Kanye West performed, but that Kanye West was yeah. so never heard of him. Out of place with everything else that was going on. Yeah, and then it seemed completely indulgent on top of everything else because if you don't know his music, you feel like, oh my god, what's he doing playing new stuff? <laughs> no, give me the. And then. I, <laughs> Wait, what are the hits? I don't even know what the hits are, yeah, you know? Right, yeah. Roger Daltrey sounded terrible. And um, that you also missed the point at the beginning. You know that point in concerts, which I never understand, where the band starts playing the song and the crowd cheers because mm-hmm. they recognize the song, yes. right? And then the lead singer starts singing the lyrics and then the rest of the crowd cheers because suddenly they recognize the song. They didn't. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, they didn't know what song it was until he started singing the words. Um, there was a moment at the very beginning. Roger Waters came out. Uh-huh. <laughs> he was standing, uh, walking. Which is an odd, another odd person to have involved in that thing. I know he's done benefit concerts in the past, but yeah, but it his is name a, kind of surprised me. It is a little strange to have someone singing "We Don't Need No Education." You stand still, laddie, when they're trying to, you know, promote welfare and good goodwill towards men. Um, yeah, but he came out well, maybe because the schools were closed. <laughs> yeah, that, that could be it. He has these <laughs> skinny arms with flappy old man uh, skin hanging down from it. 
um, uh-huh. walking from stage to stage, kind of putting his arms up like, uh, you know, like like a Charles Atlas pose, like you're standing and making a muscle man pose, only he was, you know, okay. shaking his fists like going, yeah. Like he couldn't actually lift his arms up to, over his head to wave to the crowd. He's just sort of like, hey. <laughs> and he came out and he walked from one side of the stage to the other like Ozzy in that concert we saw on New Year's. Just, uh, uh-huh. um, and there was a lot of like smattering of applauses and then he started to sing and the crowd went whoa we know who you are now <laughs> oh you're That's that guy funny. you're the guy that sings that song <laughs> wow what was the song that jarred everybody's memory uh the in the flesh i believe is what they started oh with. Yeah. so yeah that so gotcha oh that's yeah. so funny yeah which is isn't it a song about like kind of like nazi domination yeah, pretty much. It's it's like most of the wall. It's about uh, having a bad mother and and trying to find uh, solace in retreating to rock and roll and drugs and going crazy and believing that starting a fascist government in Britain is the way to go. See, that's when you really want the Scorpions to come out and do "Rock You Like a Hurricane." <laughs> Basically, well, Bon Jovi was there, who I fast forwarded through, and I because I don't want to hear Bon Jovi, but he seemed a little youthful and energized. He didn't seem like he was... Well, he's... I mean, there's a picture of him that was floating around the internet, like, you know, with his shirt off. And, I mean, the guy, a specimen. He is, like, completely ripped. You would have no idea that the guy's close to 50. Mm. So he was the young buck, right? So he was the young buck. But we were... First of all, Billy Joel looked terrible, sounded great. (laughs) Oh, and I love Billy Joel, and he... Tell me more about. I mean, Billy Joel. I feel I feel like a performer like him ages well for these kinds of things, or, or in general, because he never was like he never had to rely on his looks to begin with. Yeah, and so his voice has really held up. Um, maybe he doesn't hit you know those beautiful high notes for honesty or whatever, but he still can sing and he still plays a great piano. And I love the band. His yeah. band is like those guys have been with him for years. Well, a lot of them have been with him for years. Some of them, some of them haven't. It's a new band in some of the sections. But go ahead. Um, but I enjoyed his set. I found him to be entertaining. Plus, he's got the songs that obviously are gonna, you know, pull on the heartstrings. Yeah, because the, they have work in the title, right? Right, and he played a good long set. I I don't know if it was just because I watched his whole set or if he actually played longer than anyone else. But he seemed to be on stage for a very long time. I thought so, too. Yeah. Maybe the crowd was feeling him. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Because I I knew he was going to do Miami 2017, which he does at every Mm -hmm. tragic New York thing. Um, And then but I was surprised. Then he was like, then he played Moving Out and uh, Only the Good Die Young. And you you may be right. Um, I think also the trick that uh, Billy Joel does that um, may, may fool you is that all of his songs are pitched down now. He's playing them in, in a oh. lower key, which is really easy gotcha. for him to do on a piano. He's just, okay, duh, 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 okay. So he still sounds like he's playing it. But if you played Only the Good Die Young and then, like, cut in him singing at the yeah. 12, 12 concert, be like, Only the Good Die Young. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah, that's just smart. That's just being a smart musician. Yeah. Well, and I, I, he also has never gave a shit about anything. He just, like, shows up and sings and does his business, and, you know, off he goes. Yeah, but, okay, so the big prize then was the big rumor of Paul McCartney playing with a special group, right? As if that was a rumor. Didn't you already know? Didn't you know well yeah, ahead of time? Yeah, so we were all waiting around the bar for that to happen because we really wanted to see, like, oh, my God, he's going to play with the the surviving members of Nirvana. This is going to be awesome. And I thought Paul McCartney started out great when he just comes out playing Helter Skelter. And I was like, wow, he's going for the, you know, he's going for the balls with this, like a hard rocking song. And his band definitely rocks hard. Oh yeah, totally. And then what else did he play? Do you refresh my memory? Do you remember? Uh, he played, uh, let me roll it. Um, from band is that on off the run. of like Flaming Pie or something? Oh, okay. No, that's not Band on the Run. You're, my heart okay. is like a wheel. Let me roll it. Yeah. Okay, so that's, that's a strange choice. Gotcha. And then what, he went into Martha, My Dear? I don't know if he played Martha, My Dear. I know he played uh, <laughs> Blackbird. and uh, Yeah, that, he had a little vocal trouble with Blackbird. Yeah, he did Blackbird. He did uh, Live and Let Die. Um, and he played some song I'd never heard before. Some like, oh, here's a song that I wrote. Uh, about Linda, 
And uh, I thought it was appropriate for this moment. I was like, I don't know this song. What the hell song is this? She was a big fan of Floods. Yeah, but what did you think of the Nirvana performance? I thought they were going to play a Nirvana song. Well, that's what I thought too. And so they play a song that they wrote. The thing that really annoyed me, and I kind of made a bit of a spectacle of myself, and my, my coworkers were laughing at me because I was just absolutely beside myself, that he came out playing this little toy guitar thing, <laughs> this four-string toy guitar. Did you see that thing, that little boxy yeah. guitar? Yeah, yeah, I remember it. And it was annoying, it annoyed me to no end. I'm like, you have a Les Paul, you know? You're playing this head song, and then you're playing this little toy guitar, and it felt like Paul showed up to the thing. He's like, "Yeah, raw. Yeah, just got this great little guitar. I just want to, you know, check out the sound this thing gets. This gets a great sound, right?" And the guys in Nirvana are probably like, "Okay, well, you're Paul McCartney. Play what you want. Play a ukulele for all we care. You know, that's awesome." Oh, he would have loved that. I was just annoyed. I was like, "Give me the Les Paul. You're rocking out with these guys on a real toy guitar, Paul. You know." Yeah. So that, that that really bothered me. I didn't think the song was that special. I didn't either. I didn't actually didn't even listen to it. I fa- like I said, the concert went on for about eight hours, so there was a lot yeah, of fast. Yeah, it went on way too long. Yeah, I, I walked out after the second whatever. He only played one song with them, right? Yeah, that was it. Yeah, and I was just kind of ah, I felt gypped, and I I walked out, and yet it was still going on. Did he play after that? Yeah, he played Live and Let Die, and he played a couple other tunes. But that was it. He was the last act. Yeah, it was uh, It was very kind of... And then I was on the subway coming home, and when we stopped off at 34th Street, that's where the garden is, obviously, and that's a bunch of people were getting on from the concert. And it was all the types of people that you would expect would go to that. And they were, as you described, you know, it was like rich white people in their... Early 50s, late 40s, early 50s, early 60s, you know, that whole thing. They were all going to the Upper West Side because they're the only ones that could afford the tickets probably. Yeah. It wasn't about the working man, I'll tell you that much. No, 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 it wasn't. And the obligatory shots of, like, first responders is really starting to bother me too. Yeah, exactly. What, second responders don't have a good job? Right? I mean, it's just, it's like every, all these things, they pan to a bunch of firemen and policemen. Yeah. Jesus. You know, and I don't know if these are good people. I really don't. No. You know? No. Some of these guys could be on the take. Some of them could be cheating on their wives. <laughs> I don't know. Just because they're wearing a funny hats and uniforms doesn't make them heroes, hey, people. Hey, you forget yourself, sir. <laughs> well, it's good to hear that we're up on current events with the 12-12-12 concert here. <laughs> uh, our customers were our customers. Yeah. Audible.com. <laughs> <laughs> our listeners were, were really we got a flood of emails wanting to know what our opinions were on that right well okay but speaking of current events i'm happy to hear that you don't know the reference because i just heard the reference last night about this notre dame football player who's uh been writing the heart-wrenching story of his grandmother dying followed by his girlfriend dying from being in a car accident and then dying of leukemia and then him having this huh? winning season. Wait, not only did she die in a car accident, she died of leukemia yeah. as well? <laughs> or wow. something like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> she died of a plane accident and polio or something. <laughs> oh, yeah! God! Which happened first? I, I believe the car accident happened first. And then she went back to Stanford and then died of leukemia two days after his grandmother this is what I'm sort of getting because I'm, I'm, I'm hearing everybody, like most news, as we've said before, like most news. I'm getting it from hearing other people talk about it. Um, I got a text last night saying, okay. uh, you know, God, are you following this thing? It's crazy. Um, but I don't quite understand it. They're comparing it to the movie Catfish. You know, the movie Catfish. Uh, I, yeah, I didn't see it, but uh, my wife loves watching the show. Right. And so I've been watching the show on MTV, so I know a little bit about what it, it, that's about. Right, which doesn't quite ring true to me with this story because the conceit of the movie Catfish is that a guy documents him falling in uh or not falling in love, but yeah, falling in love with this girl whose sister is an amazing artist 
or daughter's an amazing artist or something. And he goes out to meet uh-huh. her and it turns out that it's some married woman who's kind of a schlub who's just been making things up all along. Um, oh, sad. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit wonky, the movie itself. I don't entirely mm. believe it's a documentary. I think I think it actually happened, but I, whatever. We can talk about catfish some other time. Speaking of current events, but in any event, <laughs> the uh, the they're they're saying that he was duped, this uh, quarterback. But I don't see how mm-hmm. he was duped if he, this was his girlfriend. Like I don't I don't know all the facts, and neither do you. So, so is she alive? No, she well she doesn't exist. Is the deal? She never existed in the oh, first. He's never had a girlfriend. Why? I mean, I would imagine with his studies and. Uh, you know, being in a top-ranked football program, who has the time to invent such? <laughs> I don't know st- stories. Yeah, well, I think the, what what intrigues me more about this whole story, as we've talked about before, because we're on the cutting edge, is how yes. many news organizations and ESPN all along, all season long, have been promoting and talking about this story uh, without checking any facts, without following up to see if the woman actually had a death certificate, if she actually went to Stanford, uh-huh. like this woman actually existed before all of these news outlets were reporting these stories before it was found out that it was a hoax. It's was um, time fact checking. Yeah. Well, it's the, it's the, it's the same thing that it was on the internet, right? There you go. Right. It was on several internet websites that all quoted the same source. <laughs> yeah. It's the same kind of thing that, uh, you know, the Howard Stern thing of when someone calls in during a tragedy and yells, Baba Booey, Baba Booey on the phone and uh-huh. people get all offended about it. But what the, 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 the sort of genius of that, if you dare say, is because dumbasses in the news put someone on the air who says, I'm a fireman here at the scene, or, you know, I am the Pope. And they say, here, we've got the Pope on the line. Tell us what's going on with this air crash. Well, the air crash is happening in Baba Booey, Howard Stern's penis. You know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe that's what's held back this show for so long. Is, you know, we rigorously fact check. Mm. That's why we so rarely have real guests on. Oh, you know, eh, they're more trouble than they're worth, Chase. <laughs> we could have pursued some of those survivors. Hey, what'd you think of last season of Survivor? No, I'm just kidding. Do you uh, even remember who won? Pop no. quiz, who won Survivor? It was, a, it was a chick, right? I'm actually asking you, who who, who won Survivor? Uh, Danielle? Yeah, I got nothing. I was thinking about it because they announced the new season of Survivor where they have fans versus favorites, and I couldn't even remember who most of the favorites were. Oh, really? They have, they, they posted that? So oh, I, should, I should look into that. Well, I don't really care to, but I should. I remembered most of the men. <clears throat> I remembered most of the men. <laughs> but I, I couldn't recognize any of the girls, really. Most of the girls. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It seems like things happen, and then they're done and then you know you move on to the next one nothing really stays with you for too long in in today's world except for sister act two on hbo and earth girls are easy on showtime which are always on no matter what year it is no matter what month it is i I, you know they give you those free preview weekends right um Uh and every time i get a free preview weekend i will go through the channels and say oh let me see if there's some movie i want to record inevitably i have to go "Eh, sister act two Earth Girls Are Easy. I mean, of all the movies in all the towns and all the gin joints, why would it be Sister Act <laughs> 2 and Earth Girls Are Easy? I don't know. Listeners, let us know. Send us an email, whatduvaysaid at gmail.com. Find us on find us on Facebook. Um, yeah. Whatever he said. Yeah. <laughs> um, Rogue 2 podcast. <gasps> Rogue 2. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we love the Rogue 2 podcast, uh, the podcast delivery system. Uh, we're on Stitcher. You can find us there. If we ever do a show, you'll find us there. Yeah. And um, call us. Yeah, you can call us. 415-937-0445. And Baba Booey Howard Stern's penis to you. There you go. There you go. Uh, it's not about listening to us anymore, Chase. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> that's really... That's really become passe as far as I'm concerned. We've been doing this podcasting bag for quite a while now. And it really, you know, to be on the cutting edge now is having nobody listen to you. Oh, yeah. That's what we need to be. The second we get listeners, we're no longer cool. 
You know what's funny? Because everybody has a podcast now. Oh, I know. And it just feels like, eh, eh. So now in order to be like more cutting edge, you have to do a video podcast. Oh, eh. my God. A vlog. Right? So then, well, let's just wait for the next uh, train to jump on. Yeah, I just want to do like the the personal podcast where like we go to your house or follow you around. <laughs> That's genius. <laughs> like, because we can almost do it in stereo if we walk on either side of the person. <laughs> and so as they're, as they're commuting, we just sit on either side of them on a train and we just kind of have our conversation yeah. in their ears. Bring a little tape recorder <laughs> with us to play music. <laughs> Just, yeah. Maybe, maybe have people with us. Yeah, you know, exactly. Notes. Here, let's let's talk about Lawrence Welk. <laughs> oh, let me play the I tape. I love it. Yeah. There we go. All right, listeners, we figured out what our our charges for 2013 is to develop the personal podcast. <laughs> Excellent. Great. There was a guy. I'm of course in show Stroke business. Stroke a genius, Jace. Thank you. I'm in show business, Rob. I don't know if you knew that or not. You? No, no. I, I've always suspected. So I was sitting at my agent's office uh, at one point. <laughs> it's onerous! In, 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 uh, I'm just going to forget that. And uh, the, um, some guy walked in who was doing his vlog. He was like holding okay. his thing out in front of him and talking the whole time. And he sat down uh -huh. and he continued talking like first person heading out. And he was like, hey, how are you guys? Hey. And I was just like, oh, my God. First of all, who is this guy? And who right. watches his vlog? And what... I mean, maybe people do. Maybe, um, you know, I don't know. Little Susie out in Nebraska follows him because I don't know who he is. It feels kind of douchey. Feels a little douchey. Feels a little douchey. This podcast is not douchey. No, I don't think so. I think on the if there's a you know a what's it called a spectrum of douchedom. Yeah, <laughs> we are. Yeah, we're less douchey than, than your average podcast. I think that should be our masthead. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what? Less douchey. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Okay, let's work on that. Call Reba. Let her know. That's that's our new branding. Reba! We need a new masthead. Yeah, I think we need an takers. Entirely new rebranding for 2013. Less douchey. I think that's, you know, that's what needs to happen anyway. Let's be honest. You have to rebrand yourself every couple of years or so. We've milked all we can. Yeah. Out of what was our old brand? Um, less filling. No, it was. Uh, uh, Tastes great. Less filling. No, it was. It was. We think so. You don't have to. All right. All right. So now our new brand. That was a good one. It served us well. Yeah. I'll low these many years. Now our new brand is. Yeah, less douchey. Yeah, yeah. I wonder how we write. I like that. What's what, what is the dot dot dot. Eh. Yeah. Well, we'll let the marketing department figure out eh, how to spell yeah. that. Eh. Fucking dust <laughs> People might think we're Canadian, though. And as far as I know, we're not in Canada. That would be a. Ooh, that that's true. We're gonna have to really get that. Get it. Turn on. <laughs> uh me all right well um that was a great let's show let's just Rob. talk <laughs> <laughs> let's just talk a little bit i we i, I haven't personally talked to you because i went and got a job i know and oh you went then and I, I what i realized about jobs is they take up a lot of your time yeah all that time that you're doing your job is usually spent uh doing other things what i discovered um i had a job for many years, for about 10 years, I had a regular desk job that I went into. Uh -huh. And uh, I, it all kind of fell apart where, and, and my, uh, my uh, voiceover career kicked into an upswing right at the same time. So I stopped being at that job and, and started uh, being a voiceover artist. And uh -huh. um, I was like, wow. But when I got my enormous first paycheck, I was like, okay, if this is the only job I ever do, then I have three months before I have to get back into the workplace. You know, and now 12 years later, that hasn't happened yet. But oh. there was a moment where I was like, oh, I, I've got all this free time. I'll, you know, I'll write my symphony, right? <laughs> I'll, I'll work on yes. my opera. You know, I'll do my, I'll do everything that I've wanted to do. I'll hike the Appalachian Trail. Um, yes. Right. And, uh, but then I'll like. I'll the with you. Yeah. But then I was like, oh, eh, I'll just, I'll take a nap today. Yeah, I'll watch, uh, yeah. you know, I'll watch Catfish. 
Um, so then I went back to work uh, for a little while. I took a, a I went back to the job that I used to have because they they couldn't live without me. So I drove down to Orange County for a couple months to help them out down there. And the whole time I was like, why didn't I spend my free time writing my symphony? <laughs> I spend a lot of my time recovering from my job too. So it isn't just the job itself. Right. It's the, you know, getting back, uh, physically back in shape to do the job again, you know, cause I have very late hours. And so uh, lately I've been uh, on top of that, the late hours I've had bad insomnia. So I just feel tired all the time. So on my days off, I'm not even taking advantage of this great city that I love so much and going and seeing some of its cultural offerings or, or God, you know, working on some of my operas and, 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 you know, great paintings and all that other stuff. So I'm just really, really just laying around waiting to go to work again, just trying to kind of make myself feel like a normal human being. Right. Well, you work those crazy hours and you're doing a lot of, you're on your feet a lot, yeah, and moving your arms. Yeah. It's funny how being on your feet as a an older, older man, God, really my lower back, my arms, my legs, sometimes I feel like I just got tenderized with a baseball bat. So I literally just lay in bed, you know, until I have to like, you know, the, the dog looks like it might just, you know, explode with it doesn't go out and use the bathroom. <laughs> and then I take the dog out and I come back, like, uh, can't get back in bed. What? I'd be a waste of a day. I'll just sit on the couch then. I just had an image of your, your dog, your cute, adorable, fluffy dog, like you lying in bed and your dog on the floor staring at you, like puffing up and then just pop, popping into a little like like puddle of urine. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it's, uh, it's tough. So now, I, now I'm, I'm thinking next steps. I'm thinking next steps. You know, okay, now I've reached a plateau where I have to start thinking about the next steps. So you can't, you can't, uh, can't be on your, caught on your hind legs out here in New York City, as in L.A. Uh, no, I don't know if I've ever heard that phrase, but I agree with it wholeheartedly. You're caught on your hind legs? Yeah, is that a uh, is that a corporate term that I'm not aware of? No, I just made it up. Let's phrase it in. <laughs> Phrased in. <laughs> there, it's official. One of our most popular segments, the phrasing. <laughs> We've done that before, by the way. That's where that song came from. That music that I was playing on the tape recording. Mine like a trap, please. Like a trap. Uh, wait. So, so uh, I was gonna tell, tell me what's going on with you. Man, I just want to know what's going on with you. Well, as you know, since I'm in show business, uh, I've been following the awards movies season thing. Uh, like you do that. Yeah, I forget. You follow those uh, those awards. I, I, You know, my, my stance on this is I'm tired of celebrities glad-handing and slapping themselves on the back. Yeah, well, I, that's understandable. Um, uh, uh, listener of the show, Sean, who called in once and mm -hmm. talked about The Bachelor, I imagine you didn't watch the Golden Globe ceremony then, right? No, no, I did not. Yeah, well, he posted a, a very astute comment, which I will paraphrase because I can't say it as well as he did. But it was something to the mm -hmm. tune of that he was amazed that he could sit for two hours and be convinced that Anne Hathaway was an 18th century French uh, woman, penniless French woman who had to sell her body to uh, pay for her daughter and died in, in shame. And he was able to believe that, but he wasn't able to believe the sincerity of her Golden Globes, not <laughs> Golden Globes acceptance speech. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. Which is... Wait, is that Foster's uh, speech? No, no. Anne, Anne Hathaway won for Best Actress. Oh. And she came up and said, you know, thank you. But she was so uh -huh. ingenuine, ungenuine, disingenuous. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, that she was unbelievable. And he says, well, it's just hard to believe that an actress who can be so convincing in a role can be so unconvincing yeah you can win an award for that role and then be so t entirely unconvincing in your you know your thanking yeah people. exactly in your gratitude that you was sort of false about it but in any event um, you yes you won't like this but i proposed to somebody recently that you know because these these entertainers they're so happy and lucky and thrilled to be able to do what they do yeah. and really really all they're doing is entertaining us. Yeah. You know, maybe at best they make us think. Maybe at best they shine a light on society. But it is what it all boils down to. It's just a way to pass some time. Yeah. Well, so, but isn't that what technology is? Isn't that what the iPhone is? And isn't that what? Sure. Yeah. Sure. But like, you know, like actually, I think these 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 actors should take like you know a what what is a. 
if somebody does something very important to society, Nick, like say a janitor or a sanitation worker. Okay. Well, uh, well, movie star workers. actors should make the same amount as a sanitation worker. Well, the, shouldn't uh, football players make the same amount as a sanitation Absolutely. worker? Absolutely. Absolutely. They get to play a sport. They get to do what they love. Right. Yeah. But you if can't sell. because their careers are short and they get injured, well, then don't play that sport. No, no, no. It's because there you can't you can't get 20 million people to watch your advertisement in a school classroom, for example. That's what the oh. problem is. You don't get 20 million people believing in Pepsi or Ford. That's where the money comes from. Football games, TV shows, movies are just there to air between the commercials. That's that's always been the maxim. Mm. Mm. Well, so much for my <laughs> proposal. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's kind of like our show. I mean, aren't we just entertainers or do we have anything to say? Well, we don't have a whole lot to say. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, it's been over a month since we said anything. <laughs> yeah, and this is all we've come up with. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> anyway, uh, here's Jason's pick for best movies of the Oscar season. Are you ready? I am ready. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's my drum roll. I'm motivated. All right. Very drum roll. Very great. <laughs> well, how about this? Oh, better. Okay. Much better. Great. Um, without having seen, here's where I'm going from this this season. You remember last year, Rob? Let's go back to last yes. year for a moment here. Come with me into the time Yes, yes, exactly. I know we have a whole orchestra to do these sound effects, and yet I feel compelled to do them. Yeah, that's how you do an orchestra. <laughs> well, you're a, you're a participant, Rob. You like you like to be part of the pack. You've got, I want to be part of the show. Yeah, you got pack mentality. You're, like, you're a good dog. <laughs> Um, last year, I was on the Screen Actors Guild Awards nominating committee, which meant that I was able to 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 uh, flex my muscles and say which people mm-hmm. were able to get the nomination. So I was inundated by a lot of campaign material because that's all it is. It's it's campaigning for people okay. to win their awards. It's not that people sit and go, "Wow, that person was great." You know, it doesn't happen accidentally. You don't know, just sort of stumble mm-hmm. upon someone and see it you may think that lena dunham and girls is really phenomenal and it may be the case mm-hmm. um that it is really phenomenal but i guarantee you that there is a street team and marketing and a whole lot of muscle behind campaigning to get that out there um i guarantee yeah. it right so yeah. yeah based on not seeing a lot of the movies this year but just based on okay. the campaigns that i've seen going forward i'm gonna say <laughs> yes that the best picture is your words yeah <laughs> best picture will be awarded to lincoln although that okay. may not be the case based on the uh strange golden globe uh deal there i do not believe okay. argo is going to win best picture and it may end up being silver linings playbook which i've not seen Side are, note. yeah I got told last night, I have a beard now, listeners, I don't know if you can see this. Oh, so you you finally come out? <laughs> I, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I was uh, doing something, I was bartending, and, and the boyfriend of one of the bar owners was like, hey, Rob, I, I don't know, has anybody ever told you this, but at a certain angle, in a certain light, with your beard, you look a lot like Ben Affleck. Oh. I was like, wow, that's the best ever. That was not the compliment I was thinking when I saw you with the beard. <laughs> what do you think? I was thinking I like Yakashmirov. No, I was thinking at any angle, you kind of look like that old game where it was the bald guy and you took the magnet and you moved the little <laughs> pieces around and made a beard. <laughs> Don't you look like that guy? Uh, that's awesome. All right, well, cool. So, uh, yes, you were saying best actor will be Daniel Day Lewis for Lincoln. Uh, okay. Best Actress, uh, I don't remember who's even nominated for Best Actress, so I will say it'll be... Best Supporting Actress okay. will be Anne Hathaway. Best Supporting Actor will be uh, the guy, maybe not the guy from Django Unchained, now that I think of it, even though he won the Golden Globe. I believe it'll be someone else. Mm-hmm. This is just off the top of my head. And those are Jason's picks! <laughs> that was awesome! Thank you. And it might be Les Mis as best movie. I haven't seen Zero Dark Thirty. There you go. That's my astute oh, analysis. My. That's cool. Well, there you go. That seems like uh, that could possibly happen. You know, I did watch the show Girls. 
Yeah. And I, there's a bit of controversy recently, I guess Howard Stern made some disparaging comments about uh, Lena Dunham's body, yeah, you body know, of work. I listened to the Howard will. Stern show and uh, that was all, again, much like the dead uh, girlfriend thing. All of that was unresearched and taken out of context. It what? Yes. So he, uh, help, help me understand the context. Because basically what he just said is like, she's fat and she keeps taking off her clothes and it's disgusting me. Basically. In a nutshell. Right, but yeah. I, I don't watch the show, uh, the the Lena Gangman show. Um, okay, you don't watch it? No, but I hear it's great. But I kind of, you know, I'm not a girl and I don't, I'm not that age and I'm yeah, not in New York. You have to be a girl. I find it interesting. It's a culturally interesting show. Yeah, I, I, I again, I, I, not to be a snob or whatnot, but I'm picking and choosing the culture that this I want to know Jason about. This Jason becomes a snob and whatnot. <laughs> Do we have music for that? <laughs> oh, thanks. Great. Thank you. Perfect. Um, uh, I just, I, uh, that's not a culture that I need to be involved with, you know, much like Glee. Okay. I know Glee is supposed to be good and it's a culture, but I have a, I have a daughter who goes to high school and is in the that industry and i hang out whatever it doesn't matter here's what happened that my what i heard because I, I listened to the howard stern show he came in one morning okay. he said my wife uh loves the show girls and the new season's coming out so she, i'm watching it so i can start watching it with her and i've watched a couple episodes and I, i'm not really liking it i mean it seems to me that this girl like she just keeps taking her clothes off all the time and she's fat and i don't want to look at her it's like looking at a rape you know <laughs> i don't quite get it you know, she looks like Jonah Hill and she's, you know, doing doing all this stuff. And I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm into it. Right. So he says that, which I think if you or I or anybody like walking down the street and said that, it's like, I, like I might look at it and go, I don't know about that. But it just so happens that yeah. he has a radio show. The next day he came in and said, I, I, I love that show, Girls Now. I texted something to uh, my wife saying, I forget, it was some line about a pussy or something that was in the show. And mm -hmm. um, and he thought it was funny. And he was like, God, I love that show now. And I texted the line and she got confused. And I was like, no, it's from the show. And I totally get it now. And I think it's funny. And, you know, I'm, I'm totally on board. And then like a week later, Perez Hilton posted some article saying Howard Stern says Lena Dunham's fat and looks like Jonah Hill. Oh, it's Perez. It's always Perez Hilton. Yeah. At the center of controversy. Right. Yeah. So actually, she called into the Stern show yesterday uh, and they, they talked it out. Oh, so they worked it out? Yeah. They're friends? They're besties? They're besties, yes. Well, you know, the show itself is pretty, I think, probably fairly accurate to what it's like to be, you know, a young 20-something female or male living in specific New York City. I'm guessing there's, there's another show on Bravo that I find probably captures uh, L.A., um, I, LA and New York share a similar quality, Jason. They're both extremely vain towns, right? Yes. Where people are obsessed with their appearance and and their look, and wearing those silly uh, the Ed Hardy shirts and, <laughs> and, and and jeans with way too many uh you know bedazzled jeans. Yeah, you know, really oversized pockets. He, the, the, but, but, but Persian speaking, wear. Yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of science. <laughs> The, what 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 I'm thinking of, and I, I was trying to pinpoint this a couple of, of shows ago with the what makes New York and L.A. similar. Um, uh -huh. So before you get to the show that I, I, I am remembering that you're talking about, um, okay. there's there's the the principle in science, which is like the the observational effect, which is by mm -hmm. observing something, you you automatically change it, you know, like yes by the the best example is like to check your tire pressure you have to let air out of your tire right so by making okay. an observation of I'm with you I'm with you right so it changes it but that happens in anything so if if you and I are on you know you and I are on the show here there's uh -huh. we change as people because we're aware that we're on the podcast I mean you and I are honest and we're talking with each other anyway you know but there is yeah. something a little different about being on television or being on a reality show because there's a camera pointing at you and you know that a camera's pointing at you. And I feel like the people in New York and LA are victims of the observational effect in that they walk around thinking that and someone, everybody gives a shit about them, that they're being watched, yes. that they're being observed, which is not the case. No, nobody's watching people. 
Nobody cares. <laughs> Let me no. tell you something. Trust me. I noticed, I, when I first moved to New York, Jace, I think my mentality was that, was that I always had to be put together. And when I walked out onto the streets, you know, I had to, I was, you know, going to be discovered at any moment or, you know, people were going to make some judgment, you know, or I wouldn't fit in. Yeah. Ooh, now, there's Ben Affleck. I, in, exactly. In addition to having this, this beard that may or may not look like a bunch of magnets strung together. <laughs> Magnet shards, yes. <laughs> I you know I throw on a little it's cold out here, so I throw on a little, you know, beanie hat to protect my head. I put on like my Gino and Carlos oversized sweatshirt and I got a pair of sweatpants and my shoes are don't match because they're too brightly colored for the the, the sweatpants. And I go and I walk my dog. And you know what? Nobody notices me. No. Or if they do notice me, I look like that guy who's uh, – this a lot, actually. <laughs> oh, so are you – do you walk dogs? <laughs> I can't possibly be the owner of this beautiful, well-clothed and maintained white fluffy dog. Right. That'll pop into a Which always kind of cracks me up. Yeah. And then when I tell them, no, no, this is, my, this is my baby, then I get to look like, oh, then who is he? He must be somebody. You know, because you can dress down and people think that you're somebody. Yeah. But you can dress up. And if you're dressed up and the people don't recognize who you are, you're just, uh, you know, you're nobody, really. Well, yeah. And the truth is we are all nobody in the end. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, especially when your people are dying twice nowadays. How do you talk that? <laughs> Why did we live? Why did we die? No reason. <laughs> people are dying. What is this show? But, you're talking yes, about. so the vanity, right? So uh, there's another show on Bravo called Vanderpump Rules, which is a spinoff of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. That is a mouthful. Yes. And basically one of the, you know, characters on Beverly, the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills also is a restaurateur and owns this restaurant called Sir okay. S-U-R, which means South, I believe, right? S-U-R? Yeah. So uh, Sir means South. In what in language? French? In French? French. Yeah. Does it? I think sur means think under, so. like sur le table, under the table. Oh, under? Okay. Well, at any rate, this restaurant is in West Hollywood, and this staff is impossibly good looking. And, but they're impossibly good looking in that, like, the dudes, like, spend way too much time in making, putting themselves together. Like, a guy had a, he's like, hey, babe. See, with him and his girlfriend, you're the best gift you ever gave me with this flattening iron. And I'm like, really? <laughs> Men like use flattening irons, and it showed they showed him shaving with a, a razor above his eyebrows, you know, to get whatever hair might be up there gone. Which I'm thinking, good. Now it's going to grow back as stubble. You fucking genius. <laughs> yeah, doesn't he know you're supposed to pluck above your eyebrows? Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm a fairly vain man myself. I do pluck occasionally, you know, like I'm going to be the guy with the hair billowing out of his ears, but. Yeah, my, my point being is like it's just watching all these people like give so much of a shit about how they're perceived and whatnot and I'm thinking these guys are all in their mid 20s and it's all so fleeting eventually their their acting careers are gonna you know dry up if they have one and you know the the commercial shoots that they do you know may they'll be out of that demographic so they better get dad like really quick in order to get cast in something. But don't you have a... You know, it's all very fleeting. But, but, Youth is fleeting, people. Yeah, sweet Jesus. The, don't you <laughs> get that sort of uh, uh, been there, done that thing happening for you, though? You know? I mean, there are things that I will watch again. So, for example, I really liked Twin Peaks. So I will watch Twin Peaks again from start to finish again someday. I've done it mm -hmm. a couple of times. But I do it because... I enjoy the show. I enjoy immersing myself in that sense memory of watching Twin Peaks and that sort of thing. But if some mm. show came along that people were like, oh, it's the new Twin Peaks, I'd be like, eh, I don't want to watch that because, first of all, I could just watch Twin Peaks again, and I've already done that. Like, I don't want to immerse myself into seeing a Twin Peaks-type show again, no matter how really good it is. Uh, that's why I don't watch The Walking Dead because I've, I've seen enough zombie stuff. No matter how good yeah. The Walking Dead is, I don't need to sit through another zombie show. I don't need to sit through another show set in high school. I don't need to sit through another show about 20-something people. Because I lived it, man. I was a 20-something girl in New York. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Whether you were, doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing matters, Rob. When will you learn that? Well, I mean, there's, it's... It, I, 
now nowadays I, I find that the, what you said is very accurate people I mean I've never maybe a lot has changed since I lived here last but I've never been on more chatty subways in my entire life the subway used to be that last refuge to just sit and read or if you have you know your ear earbuds in sit and listen to whatever you're listening to now people are talking for the entire subway car oh, okay and I wish that they would just get mugged like back in the old days. <laughs> Remember that? Remember the good old days? Yeah, well, it was it was at least an equalizer. It made everybody look suspiciously at each other and shut the fuck up, which is all I want. Just for 15 minutes while I'm taking that subway train, I don't want to hear your personal drama uh, accented with as many likes as you can fill into a sentence. Right. Yeah, I don't want to hear it either. It doesn't matter, Rob. Nothing matters. Nothing matters. Nothing really matters. <laughs> see? Where's Queen? Now, that's a better band that I would have liked to see on that bill. Uh, Well, I, that's true. I mean, if the Who can be up there, why can't Queen be up there? Well, Queen was, they were always part of the Live Aids and the, uh, you know, all those, what was the other one? The Us Festival? Nothing really matters <laughs> to me. I think Queen without Freddie Mercury, though, is kind of like Queen without Freddie Mercury. Well, they have Paul Rogers now as their singer. Wasn't he? He has a great voice, but he sounds like Paul Rogers. So it's like it's like a bad company Queen mashup. Wow. Say, speaking of mashups, did you hear that Led Zeppelin Beatles mashup? Helter Skelter. No, everybody said it was really good, though, but I didn't hear it. Okay. Well, here's a little of it right here. (laughs) Oh, awesome. I think it's helter skelter heavy though. I think that's kind of a cheat to call it a mashup. Yeah. I, well, you know, we we shouldn't quibble. So, what's going on with you this weekend, James? <laughs> yeah, this weekend I am uh, I'm directing a play again. I'm back doing the car plays. Do you remember? Oh the yeah, car plays? well received. Yeah, they, I'm not we surprised got, they're back. Yeah, yeah, we got a lot of uh, end of the year best of theater lists. The car plays cropped up as best of theater on several uh, locations. So, lest any of you think that I don't actually matter and I'm not in show business, fuck you! Yeah! I might have been overstating it. Um, (laughs) Lest any of you think that I'm not in show business, do do a little search for car plays. We'll wait. Yeah. And Um, then go fuck yourself. (laughs) Yeah. There you go. That's what I meant to say. Uh, but there, uh, there's a new uh, mounting of it happening. Uh, the following weekend, we open down in uh, Costa Mesa, I think. It's some festival. So I have uh, rehearsal with my actors uh, Saturday morning and then tech uh, on Saturday afternoon up at the uh, John Anson Ford Amphitheater. We'll be uh, oh, doing that. Nice. Yes, Very nice. Yes. And then I hope to see I'm, – I'm, I'm, I'm seeing someone, Rob. I'm in a relationship. Ooh, a relationship. Yeah. So this is uh this has been going on for a while? It's been going on for a while, yeah. Well, yeah, uh, officially, seriously since um probably late mid to late December. Uh so about a month now, I guess. I mean, it must have been it was it was brewing, you may recall in our last podcast, and yes. that was on December yes. 16th. Um uh so it's it's been after that. So it's been about a month. Yeah. So I hope to see her at some point this weekend. I'm I'm not entirely sure. She has things going on, and I have the the plays. But uh, yeah. how does that work? Though? Does she live close to you? She lives in Culver City. I know, like you know, the uh, some in the past, some of these the, the preventative uh, things to relationships blossoming was just the sheer distance of it all. Yeah. Well, uh, my last uh, relationship, yes, was with someone who didn't live nearby, um, and that was problematic. Um, and that, uh, and that's that with that. <laughs> but uh, mm-hmm. uh, don't need to open that wound, Rob. Oh, opening wounds. I was just, I was talking about, I was just talking about the fact that you know you live on the west side, they live on the east side. 
Right. Well, she, uh, I live in Hollywood and she lives in Culver City. So on a on a good day, it's a, Europe was. right. That's problematic. Uh, but that's also kind of a uh, Romeo and Juliet desk. Um, ah. On a good day, it's about 20, 25 minutes from door to door. And on a normal day, it's about 40, 45 minutes. Uh, okay. To get That's there, like part for the course out there in Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah. There's no like anything. Those snobs out in Beverly Hills didn't let a freeway to get built through their stupid little town. So there's no yeah. way to get from Hollywood to the West Side without navigating around to Beverly Hills. So I got to go all the way into the valley or all the way down into, you know, the poor town. I either have to go up to That's where funny. all the Mexicans lived or down where all the blacks lived, yeah. where they could build a freeway. You know, <laughs> here's a little here's a little tip to the Mexicans and the blacks. Next time there's a riot or something like that, just get in your cars and drive right to Beverly Hills. Nothing will make everything better than that. <laughs> That's good advice. Blackbird singing in the dead of night. Take these broken wings and learn to fly. Just, no, seriously, that's the place to go rioting. Go riot Rodeo Drive. Don't ruin your own neighborhoods. Yeah, but you know what? You can't get there. There's no, there's no, you can't tr hop on the train to get to Beverly Hills. They didn't allow. Well, I'm just assuming everybody has a car anyway out there. Well, you, you've got me there. What are you doing this weekend? <laughs> um, this weekend. Oops. What am I doing? I am well. Hopefully, I'm going to see some music. There's a lot of a lot of good shows happening. Oh, well, how many uh, shows are you planning to see this year? Did you make it to 80 last year? I made it to 90. Wow! And it was funny. My my 90th show 90. just happened where I got scheduled at work. We have a live venue at Fontana's 105 Eldridge in the Lower East Side of Chinatown, mm. New York City. That's between Grand and Broome. Come on down. Uh, they uh, scheduled me like three or four nights straight in the basement. And so I'm short. Like I thought, oh, I'm not going to be able to make it. Plus I'm working. I know I'm going to have to work some of these days, so I'm not going to be able to see some shows. But the fact that I was scheduled in the basement was able to actually watch bands. They made the list, and hence I made 90. Oh, okay. Does it yeah. count if you're so, working when a band happens? I guess I so. I, mean, I make a special, um, you know, note that the show occurred while I was working. Yeah, that's true. I suppose if I were uh, working at someone's house on their computer and, you know, Lifeboat was on the television, I would count that as seeing a movie. Yeah, right. I mean, it's not, it's not necessarily that. I have to see at least three songs of the band and, you know, I have to be focused on them. I just try to keep those rules intact and it, it counts. It counts. Because a lot of times, I believe I'll you. Go from, I'll go from behind the bar and actually walk out if I'm not busy and, and, and watch the set if I'm compelled to do so. Either they're so horrifying or so brilliant. Nothing's worse than a mediocre band, though. Oh, I agree. I went the other day. There was a mediocre band that I saw, and they, and they riddled our bathrooms and, and, and the work in general with stickers. And I went because they were so mediocre. I didn't want them to get any any press I, I pulled all their stickers off <laughs> <laughs> uh, did i ever tell you i feel like i must have my what my brilliant marketing plan that never came to fruition was when we were in a rock and roll band no what was it to take uh our flyer and laminate it and throw it into the urinal oh yeah you did tell me i think that's genius yeah. because nobody's gonna want to touch that and it can't be flushed it can't be flushed everybody every guy who walks in sees it and nobody's gonna remove it yeah 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 I think that's genius. That's that. That's, that's a little rock one hundred and one from Jace bands. Thanks. Yeah, there you go. Feel free Round to take that advice. Shit and put it in a toilet. Yeah. See, come on. As long as you pay the cover charge to get into every club in town to do that, you're rocking. Yeah. Well, actually, uh, I am going to speak of rocking. We are going to see Camper Van Beethoven and Cracker, which is uh, two of our favorite bands. It's like a twofer because they share a singer. And a new club opening up called Stage 48 in Manhattan, Hell's Kitchen. So it's nice to see a new venue. And we missed the annual show that we would go to every year. They play in San Francisco around uh, the week between, you know, Christmas and New Year's. Somewhere in there, they always play their, their show. We missed it this year, but as fate would have it, they're touring, so we get to see it. Are they going to play that song? I hope so. The one? That one? Got that one song. The one song that I, that I think of. 
take the skin it's bowling? No, the only camper van Beethoven, I don't even know Cracker, but the only camper van... Pictures Dave, of Matchstick Men? Uh, well, yeah, Pictures of Matchstick Men. But what's the one about, uh, what's the song about... Uh, Sweethearts? No, about Ronald Reagan. In the mind of Ronald yeah, Reagan. Because in the mind of Ronald Reagan. Yeah, what's that called? What's the title? Wheels they turn and gears they grind. Right. Buildings and collapse. buildings collapse in, in, slow, motion. in slow motion. And trains collide. Everything is fine. Yeah, isn't that great? That's a great, great lyric, though, isn't it? It is a great uh, lyric, but I can't think of the name of the song. It's called Sweethearts. Oh, that was why I couldn't think of the name of the song. Will they play that? Will they play When I Win the Lottery? Yes, it do. has a great melody. They sometimes open with that song. Oh, all right. Are they looking yeah. old like uh, The Who or Billy Joel? They look older, but... I mean, no, they look like they look like if, if a bunch of college professors were performing on stage. Oh, that's sweet. You know what I mean? But they're great musicians. I mean, they've actually probably from way back when we first started seeing them, they're much better musicians now. I think I have said that before. Yeah. A lot of these guys, if, if they're serious musicians, the, the playing, they benefit with age because they they really economize their parts. Right. They get to a point where they're like so dialed in with the song that the song becomes the the focus as opposed to hey look at what i'm playing right yeah there's a bit of that that i can understand seeing really great musicians playing really great stuff but then there's also like the bit about again the who or billy joel uh performing where they've played the song so many times that they're sort of on autopilot and it becomes kind of like a uh especially Roger Waters, it becomes more of a performance piece. Like an orchestra yeah. sits and plays a Beethoven piece, note for note, exactly the same mm-hmm. as Beethoven would have performed it, as opposed to... There was a Billy Joel... Com- what would be visually arresting is if one of these old fuckers, instead of having, like, you know, investing so many millions of dollars into their light show and a big video screen, that the ultimate... F you and the ultimate punk rock gesture would be if they just sat behind a desk with a money counter. <laughs> with a money changer, or money lender. Behind, yeah. Somebody sitting behind a desk with a money, you know, machine counting money at their show. <laughs> yeah. I think that would be just great. And maybe you just have a very simple digital running tally of how much money they're making on the tour. Yeah, there you <laughs> with go. concession. Yeah. You know? sold each t-shirt there's like you know just this running tally of the money they're racking up i think that would be totally punk rock don't you think i mean how punk rock is that just to be that's like the middle in the face of your your audience is like you're just racking up money while while they're throwing themselves uh two things that makes me think of and then let's wrap it up uh one is that okay. uh there i downloaded a bootleg billy joel show from um mm. before just before the stranger came out i'm gonna say i think he okay. was workshopping yes. some of the songs that were going to end up on the stranger and he was still playing some some like hits that aren't hits anymore because the stranger came out and everything after the stranger became billy joel's catalog no one knows that he played songs before that kind of thing uh-huh and it's like what about captain jack right like captain jack uh but the concert is like amazing you know i've listened to bootleg concerts i've listened to billy joel songs all the time but he is on fire the band's on fire every song sounds amazing and he plays songs that end up on the stranger that haven't fallen in like he hasn't quite found them yet he hasn't locked them in yet Uh and so they're new and they're amazing like scenes of an italian restaurant is amazing and he plays this version of just the way you are which was before he went into the studio and before phil ramon told the drummer how to play the drums He's like, no, no you know, uh, Phil Ramone uh, said, play the drums this way. So it's like, nobody tells Liberty to be how to play. <laughs> well, you told him how to play in just the way you are. And it's amazing to hear just the way you are before it became just the way you are. It's just, it's just a great show. If you have any interest, I'll, uh, I'll pass it on to you, but I don't believe you have any interest. It's good. Yeah, stuff. I would, I would, I'd watch that just for that. Cause I, I, I am a fan of that transitional period of Billy Joel. Right. Well, it's a, it's a, it's an audio concert, so you don't even need to watch it. You can pop it on your headphones while you're on the subway and listen to it that way. Awesome. Not listening to people say like, like, and then he's like, oh, and I'm like, um, <laughs> right. And then I and then thought of like some other this. thing, but I don't remember what it was. What were you talking about just before then? <laughs> uh, band better with age. Oh, that's right. 
Like, was it? No. I don't know. No? I'll think of it when I listen back uh, to the show. Uh, do a couple more shout-outs shout for bands that I will be seeing as well. Okay. Is uh, okay. The Soft Pack. Friends of the show, The Soft Pack. Okay. Formerly The Muslims. Okay. And a friend of the show, Christopher Owens. Used to be in a band called Girls that we were very big on. Now he's solo. Okay. And he's playing uh, the Bowery Ballroom on Monday. So I'm going to check that out as well. All right. Well, if you want to see Bob Duvet and you're going to be in New York, head out to any of those shows. Head out to Fontana's in Chinatown. If you want to see me, you can come see the car plays. Yeah. I won't actually be there. But Do it. You can uh, see those car plays. Yeah, you should. Uh, and so on and so forth. Anything else, Rob? I wonder how you would do stage a car play in New York where, you know, it's not necessarily... You do it in the back of a cab, maybe. Yeah, maybe they do the subway place. Hey, anything else, Rob? <laughs> no, that's it, Jason. I'm glad we got a chance to do this, yes. do this show. I hope it happens again with more frequency, and we're going we're gonna to try for that. Yes, 2013 is the year As of us always, being... My, my, I would like to end the show with an apology. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. We're sorry, listeners. Thank you for listening. But we will see you all next week, Rob. Next week! Next week! Can you tell me what the day said? Did you hear what the day said? Can you hear what the day said? Audible hopes you have enjoyed this program. One talk over the line, sweet Jesus. One talk over the line. Sitting downtown in a railway station. One talk over the line. Waiting for the train that goes home, sweet.